there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. The wait is finally over and the NBA is back. Football is in full swing with the playoffs. And Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts. <laughs> What's up, guys? Well, it uh, all kind of went the way that, uh, well, pretty much anybody thought it was going to go with our beloved falling to the New Orleans Saints today down in the Superdome. But uh, it was how they did it that uh, was the most uh, troubling part. Uh, some uh, conspiracy theories and, and rumors and ideas. Uh, that we Bear fans were kind of in fear of seemed to rear their ugly head today. And uh, in the most ironic twist of them all, uh, it was a trip back to, what, week six, week five, you know. Uh, actually, we won those weeks. Uh, let's go week four, you know, the Colts, the first loss uh, of the season where uh, the defense plays a hell of a game. But, you know, our offense, for the life of them, can't manage to uh, do anything useful. Um, the, good God, man, this game was so frustrating uh, to watch, man. It absolutely was because the, the end result was we didn't put our best foot forward. And it wasn't because we were missing people. It was because of the coaches. It was absolutely because of the coaches, especially on the offensive side uh, of the ball. So, um you know, you guys are really going to enjoy the knee-jerk reactions tomorrow, so be sure you tune in uh, for the deep dive review uh, tomorrow. It will have an explicit tag on it. I saw to it in the knee-jerk reactions, so uh, be sure and don't miss that. Um, I think I'm a bit more measured in my feelings, so I don't think this one is going to require uh, an explicit tag uh, because, quite frankly, I just enjoyed watching Cleveland beat the unholy piss out of the Steelers uh, in the last uh, wild card round game uh, of the week. And um, that was very enjoyable, actually. It seemed like all the the luck that the Bears could have used against New Orleans, uh, the football gods saw to it to give it to Cleveland to push them out to a 28 to nothing first quarter lead uh, in that one. And it was uh, it was fun. Watching this uh, this team that started out eleven and zero and then collapsed to, you know, finish twelve and four, still won their division uh, and everything, but everyone just thought they were going to roll uh, over Cleveland, and uh, they were the ones that got rolled. And uh, I was like, I don't hate the Steelers or anything like that. It's just that, you know, people have been showing the Steelers love and you know, giving no respect to the Browns, and uh, the Browns made the whole world pay for it, and. Uh, <laughs> 
I'd love to see them at the very least give Kansas City more than they can handle uh, next week. You know, if the Chiefs are going to win, which is probably the most likely scenario uh, there, because I don't think that the Browns are quite ready for prime time as far as that goes just yet. But I'd like to see them, uh, you know, I'd like to see uh, what's his name? Baker Mayfield uh, give Mahomes and company uh, all they can handle, you know, before uh, before reality sets in or, or whatever. But what the hell am I talking about? I'm here to, to bitch and moan and complain about the Bears and the way that they played today. So let's go ahead and get that over with. It is the wild card round bear up and bear down episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get it over with. Sadly, our beloved have backed their way out of the playoffs the same way that they backed their way in, playing like a team that didn't deserve to be there. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the wild card round episode of Bear Up and Bear Down, um, the last of the season. And uh, actually, I think I might do one more. Uh, and I don't know if if I'm gonna do it as its own separate episode yet. If I'll do a you know a 2020 season bear up and bear down, or if I'll make it part of the year in review show uh, that Lauren Cox and I are gonna do later on this week. Um, that one's gonna drop on Thursday. I've already got it set up with uh, Lauren. We're gonna get together on Wednesday night and talk for six hours about what could have been uh, with this season and. Uh, <laughs> So enjoy that one. You could drive to the moon and back for all the stuff that we'll talk about. Because, I mean, it just, we should be, I mean, you know, when we had him on for the for the midseason review after the first 10 weeks of the season, I think it was an hour and 45-minute show. And we've only had seven games since the last time uh, we talked to him. But uh, we've got a thousand more things to talk about, not to mention, um, you know, by the time you guys are hearing this, there may be fallout from this game. I mean, I, I honestly would not be upset to hear that Nagy was fired, that Pace was out, Pagano is gone. We don't know what the aftermath of this game is going to be, especially with the way that we played. Like I said, we looked like a team, the one team, quite frankly, that didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. You know, everybody else put up some kind of fight, even with the the Steelers tonight, they fell, they fell out, they fell behind 28 to nothing. They, they clawed themselves back into like a, you know, a 12 point deficit. And, you know, it was just, they, they, they dug themselves too big a hole uh, to dig out. But it's like, if, if the Saints had gone up 28 to nothing on us, the, the end, the final score would have been like 56 to three or something like that. We, we wouldn't have fought our way back. Not from that big a hole, especially with the way that, uh, you know, it, it fell apart for Pittsburgh the way it did. I, I I don't see this team, you know, fighting through that. I just don't. Not because they're quitters uh, or anything like that. I just think that because of our coaching, that any any in, inkling of a playbook would get thrown out and it would just be, you know, everything that we don't do well with our quarterback, we'd be dropping back five and seven strep drops for a quarterback that we should be rolling out and getting out in the open space and cutting the field in half and so on and so forth, uh, which is exactly what we did today. We, we, we had him dropping back. We had him trying to read the whole field, uh, you know, when uh, we completely got away from what made us successful in the last few weeks 
uh, of the season. It just it, and in, in my opinion, it's because Nagy's calling the plays again. I have no doubt in my mind that's what was going on. You know, either that or he was telling what plays or what plays to call. There's no other explanation for what we were doing on offense today. None whatsoever. So, but we'll get to that. So I just, um, we were honestly, we look like the only team out there this weekend that didn't deserve to be there. And everyone was saying that we shouldn't have made the playoffs. Everyone is using the Bears in his example as to why the seventh playoff team was a bad idea uh, and all that kind of stuff, especially since the sixth seed in the NFC, the Rams, won their game. They went to Seattle uh, yesterday, and they won. So they're advancing uh, to the next round. So basically making it sound like, yeah, six is the right number. Seven definitely isn't, even though the AFC uh, helped us out there with the Colts giving the Bills, uh, you know, literally taking the Bills down to the last play uh, before Buffalo held on uh, to a win. So hopefully it's something that will stick around thanks to the way that uh, Indianapolis performed uh, with their seven seed yesterday because the Bears, you know, like I said, you know, last week it's like, hey, you know, nobody sounded happy about making the playoffs and it's not because we weren't happy about making the playoffs is because how we played entering the playoffs. We backed our way in. We were gifted a playoff spot. We didn't necessarily earn it. And today we played like somebody who shouldn't have been there. And uh, that's probably what was the most disappointing part uh, of losing this game was that in during the process, we looked like we had no business being there. And, um, you know, especially after halftime, because in the first half we fought like hell. And, uh, you know, it was only seven to three at the halftime and everything. It was a very promising, very promising start. You know, it was very encouraging it was a nice breath of fresh air to see the defense playing like themselves. Man, oh, so great. But apparently we can't do both in the same game. The Houston game is an anomaly. It's the exception, not the rule. Uh, and that's just how this team is. We're either good on one side of the ball or we're good on the other. We never really have an opportunity to do both in the same game, and certainly not when it counts. So uh, the defense showed up today, which meant that the offense uh, had crapped a bed, and uh, that's basically what we saw. And honestly, a lot of it had to do with with uh, with play calling. It was like I know we were shorthanded with no Darnell Mooney, and we've missed Tariq Cohen all season since we lost him week number three. But um, you know, I mean, there were definitely moments where we missed Darnell Mooney today, but. Uh, not so much that Mooney not being there, we had to completely abandon what made us successful in the second half uh, of the season. So anyway, let's go ahead and, and dive in. Like I said, this won't take long because there weren't a lot of people that stood out to me that were worthy of either side. There were definitely some headliners for sure, but not so much that we're just going to run down a laundry list of uh, people who deserve to make this list. I'll tell you this right now. There was no MVB. There wasn't, and not because we lost, just because I had a hard enough time figuring out who should make the bear up and bear down list, let alone who was the best among them all. There was nobody today. There really, there just wasn't. Montgomery, you know, again, not his fault, not completely anyway. Um, you know, Allen Robinson made some nice catches, and you know, it just, it didn't really feel like for me. What I'm looking for when I'm naming an MVB is the person who made what happened most possible you know like if we remove that person our level of success takes a 
takes a, you know, takes a nosedive. And um, there wasn't that person today. You know, I guess you can make a case for Mitch because he didn't necessarily play bad. But, you know, anyway, frustrating batch of garbage we put out there today. All right, let's see. We'll go with the, um, tell you what, we'll rotate. Let's start with the Bear Downs. And uh, Bear Down to uh, Anthony Miller. Surprise, surprise. But um, color me surprised because Anthony Miller was on the team and he was on the field when Javon Wims lost his mind and openly struck uh, the the cornerback, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, in the face, not once but twice before starting a melee fight on the field in front of officials and anyone with a set of eyeballs in the stadium and watching home at television like us. And according to Matt Nagy in his post-game press conference, the Bears spent some portion of every day telling the receivers to not engage with 22, which is CJ Gardner Johnson. And what does Anthony Miller do? <laughs> I mean, I would really know. I would really love to know what this guy says. I, I do. I, I really would because whatever he's saying is effective enough that he got punched in the face by his own teammate and Michael Thomas during training camp. Uh, you know, it was it was enough to make Javon Wims go batshit crazy uh, in the first game. And apparently it was enough for Anthony Miller, despite having witnessed to an incident in a game against the same guy earlier this season and having been told every day in practice this week not to engage the guy, hauls off and punches him in the face right there. Now, apparently whatever... C.J. Garner-Johnson said was colorful enough that he got an unsportsmanlike conduct flag as well. Because when you look at the incident itself, it's just Anthony Miller hauling off and hitting him. Just one shot and that was it. But throwing the punch will get you ejected immediately no matter what. But apparently whatever C.J. Garner-Johnson had to say was enough to um, you know, earn him a unsportsmanlike conduct flag as well. But... You know, it's just we were having enough trouble on offense to begin with. And, you know, you guys have heard you know me talking about Anthony Miller all season. He's the most hot and cold player I think I've ever seen in a bear uniform, you know, or de definitely in our wide receiving core. You know, one game, he's the most indispensable guy on our roster. He can do no wrong. He's making all these great catches where it was like he was absolutely worth the trade the Bears made to get themselves back into the second round in 2018 to pick him. And then there are other days where he couldn't catch a cold butt naked in Siberia, and you're wondering how it is he's on a roster anywhere, let alone in Chicago. And that was one of those moments today. Like, you know, it was just one of those things. It's like, why? You know, you know that, I mean, even before we, we got confirmation from Nagy, after the game, you know that he was a focal point in the wide receiving room all week long. You know that he was because of what happened to Javon Wims, what happened with him. 
uh, and everything. And, you know, there's all there was also rumors and stuff that part of what Javon Wims did was in defense of Anthony Miller. So it just it was it was mind blowing to see what had happened. Just absolutely mind blowing that 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 it happened and that it happened again. You know, it's like now I know what the Atlanta Falcons fan base feels like watching them piss away that lead against Dallas and then watching them do it again a week later to the Bears, you know, because it was just it, this. The, the feeling was there's no way this happened again. There is no way this happened again. And sure enough, they show the replay. There's Anthony Miller. Johnson says something to him. He turns around and clocks him right in the head. Flags, flags, flags. Unsportsmanlike conduct number 22 on the defense. Unsportsmanlike conduct number 17 on the offense. Number 17 has been disqualified. Great. So we're already down one of our top receivers, and now we're down another guy that we kind of regard as one of our top receivers. For the rest of the game. Actually, I don't even remember when it happened. I think it was the, I'm pretty sure it was the third quarter at a time when we were actually, you know, desperate for the help. And um, I'm just, you know, Anthony Miller has been a disappointment in Chicago. You know, he, he, he flashes so bright, but when he's not flashing, he is the dullest bulb in the lamp. You know what I'm saying? And uh, today was kind of a perfect example. And, you know, it's year three, and most second-round picks, standard deal is four years. I mean, would the Bears think about cutting ties with him or maybe trading him away for some conditional seventh-round pick just to get rid of him? You know, I wouldn't doubt it. The Bears could use some extra picks. You know how, uh, well, if Pace is still the general manager, um, you know, how he works his magic in day three. So we'll see. But uh, I would not cry any tears over losing Anthony Miller, that's for sure. Uh, bear up to Sean Gibson. Outstanding performance today, mostly in the first half, but um, you know, in the first half, he's uh, he's um, he's making some plays, man. He was kind of all over the place today. He was the one that um, Pagano was using when uh, we're sending extra bodies uh, in a blitz and um, in one of the Taysom Hill uh, packages. Uh, he comes in on the blitz, comes around the edge. It was kind of a delayed blitz thing uh, that he did and gets enough of Taysom Hill's arm. They they classified it a fumble, uh, even though it looked like an interception. Uh, John Jenkins, spare up John Jenkins, makes a heads-up play, catches the ball before it hits the ground. And the Bears are in fantastic field because I think it was somewhere like around the 30-yard uh, line that unfortunately we only turned into a goddamn field goal, but... You know, what are you going to do? But, um, you know, so bear up Tayshawn Gibson. Um, he uh, he was play- he played really, really well uh, today, and I hope we bring him back. And uh, I'd love to see him back in a bear uniform uh, next year. He was uh, better than Clinton Dix was last year, that's for sure. So I hope that we do uh, see him back and we don't have a, a um, rotating, you know, Kind of like, you know, all those years we, we kept, you know, trying to find Eddie Jackson. And then we finally find Eddie Jackson. And after Adrian uh, Amos uh, went after his money in, in uh, Green Bay, now all of a sudden we can't find anybody to pair up 
with Eddie Jackson. I'm hoping Deshaun Gibson sticks around. So, bear up Deshaun Gibson. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. The Bear Stalk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. The wait is finally over and the NBA is back. Football is in full swing with the playoffs. And Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. <laughs> Bear down, speak of the devil, Javon Wims. <laughs> and it was a it was a night and day kind of moment that he uh, that he had there, because on back-to-back plays, Javon Wims made himself famous. Uh, on the first play. He caught a dime of a throw from Mitch. Great throw from Mitch and even better effort from Wims to catch the ball, keep his feet in bounds. You know, did it was three steps and a toe drag, and they still had the balls to uh, need to review it. And I think they actually reviewed it. Incom- they, they, they called it incomplete on the field, which was staggering to me. But, you know, you go back in the replay, we got three steps and a toe drag. So he had more than enough to establish himself uh, on the field. And uh, one play later, the Bears come out in a wildcat formation where Montgomery receives the shotgun snap, hands it off to Patterson, who pitches it to Mitch. And Mitch throws a perfect dime into the center of the end zone to a wide open Javon Wim. So the one time that Nagy and or Laser actually do fool the defense because how many times have you heard me say I'm so sick of watching Nagy try to be the smartest guy in the room well he finally pulls it off and Wims drops the ball he dropped the ball and not because the the receiver grabbed his hand or you know had a hand in his face nothing he was wide open his defender was trailing and ended up falling on his face before the ball was even there and it just shot right through his hands, just slipped right through. Innocently fell to the ground. And what would have made it a tie ball game at 7-7, and what even more so, what was more important, was that it would have answered New Orleans' touchdown drive. 
because after New Orleans went, you know, after we 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 forced the punt on New Orleans' first drive, you know, we give the ball right back essentially, and then the second drive, New Orleans marches that down the field, puts it in the end zone, and here we are, we're answering, we answer that drive. If Wims catches the ball, because a few plays later. Uh, we go for it on fourth and four instead of kicking like a 58-yard field goal or whatever it would have been. And, um, you know, Mitch has to break the pocket and run and falls about a yard and a half short when he runs out of bounds. So, yeah, so we came away with nothing. In what should have been a tie ball game, we came away with nothing. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, he catches the ball, that changes everything. It changes everything. And it kind of goes back to, Remember when we, when we talked about the first matchup with the Packers where, you know, Allen Robinson made the bear down list because he dropped the touchdown pass uh, in the end zone on the opening drive. And we'll never know the effect that it would have had on our offense or in our team in general to, I don't remember if we were, if we were, if it would have been tying the game or if we would have taken an early seven to nothing lead, I think we would have been tying it up. And, but we'll never know what it would what effect it would have had on on the team, you know, with the morale and mentally or anything like that because he didn't make the play. And we'll never know what effect it would have had on the team or the game if Wims catches that ball because it's it would have been such an easy pitch and catch that we've had so few opportunities to have this year. And it would have it, the easiest catch in the world. It's like Javon Wims became the new Alshon Jeffrey all of a sudden, making the insane catches look easy and making the easy catches look insane that's exactly what happened there he makes a crazy awesome catch on one play and then on the very next catch it you know as easy as breathing air he drops the damn ball just god help us and like i said we'll never know what play that effect would have had on the game because he didn't come down with it he dropped the ball we come away with nothing on that drive and that was basically the end of the creativity we didn't take any more you know risks or chances we didn't leave it all out on the field we just didn't offensively we were too conservative which leads me to my next bear down Matt Nagy I know you have to play call I know you took it back I know you did because we didn't do anything offensively today that uh got us to this position we're only here because you handed over play calling and bill laser um and basically everybody else DiFilippo filippo and uh and whatnot um worked to put together uh, a game plan where we used we we ran an offense that worked to the strengths uh, of what we have you know more of the the zone blocking that opens up lanes for David Montgomery to read and find out what hole to run through, getting more outside runs and things like that, bootlegs and sprint outs for Mitch to get him out into the out into the open to kind of cut the field in half so he doesn't have to read the whole field uh, and things like that. And instead, what we were doing, it was all inside runs. You know, everything was an inside run, so we're not trying to get Montgomery uh, to the outside. It was all shotgun. It was all dropbacks. You know, literally nothing that we were successful with early. And thing that we struggled so mightily uh, with this offense. And our statistics show it. Because I, I think even if you throw in that very last drive, uh, we had less than 200 yards of total offense today. 
and as I know it was I know it's because Nagy took over the book. I know it was I know it was because we didn't look like the t- the same offense that we were when we knew Laser was calling the plays. You know, it was kind of a concern that we had looking at the team last week. You know, I was like I th- I think Nagy's calling plays again. I really do. And this week I'm convinced. I am absolutely convinced. Nagy was calling the plays again because it just it looked like, you know, week you know, seven through ten, where we're the worst offense in football, and we're just out there, just pissing in the wind for all the effort that we're putting out there uh, on the offensive side of things. It was absolutely uh, just disgusting uh, to watch. You know, it's like, like I said, all inside runs for Montgomery. We're not running the ball enough with Montgomery. We're we're too many dropbacks uh, for Mitch and everything. We 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 very very rarely sprinkled in. Those sprint outs, and when we did, did we challenge the second level like I asked us to? No, we kept throwing to the guy that was in the flat that more times than not was behind the line of scrimmage when he caught the football. So, I mean, it just monumentally frustrating, and that all comes down to the, the guy in charge. comes down to the guy in charge. I know that uh, he used his, uh, his power, his position as head coach to take the play calling back, and we paid for it. You know, number one by being embarrassed by Green Bay last week, and number two by uh, by you know wasting a great defensive effort. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was fourteen to three going into the fourth quarter. It felt like it was over, but it wasn't over by any stretch of the imagination. I only was saying, wait to hear the knee jerker. I said the game was over in the third quarter. Uh, you know, it only because with the way our offense was playing. With what we were doing offensively, we had no shot, none whatsoever, of catching New Orleans. The only thing that was going to save us if all of a sudden we went back to the Bill Lazor uh, offense and started opening things up, getting runs to the outside, bootlegging with Mitch and looking further downfield and things like that. We didn't do any of that. We didn't do any of it. You know, We were playing not to lose today, and... We're not good enough to do that. We are not good enough to do that. And now the season's over. So bear down, Matt Nagy. God help me. I hope I hear when I wake up tomorrow that you've been fired. I really do hope so. Uh, last bear up, believe it or not, Chuck Pagano. We, we, you know, we needed the defense to show up today, and they did. They absolutely did. You know, They struggled a bit at times, but it was more back to the whole Ben, but don't break defense that we could survive with earlier in the year. You know, we, uh, you know, I didn't think I'd say this again, but uh, I feel like the defense gave a victory worthy performance today. But as usual, the offense let us down. And that's more on the coach than, and we all know that. We all know that now. I wasn't saying that earlier in the year, but there's no, no other explanation for it. The coach let us down by trying to prove he knew best and all he did was prove that he doesn't. And uh, that's why I feel like he shouldn't have a job tomorrow. I, I just, like, I don't, I don't give a damn how the Bears feel about paying a guy that's not your coach uh, anymore. It's just, it's, it just, we can't keep this guy around. I don't want, I don't, you know, why would you sign up for another year of this? Why would you? You know, I just, it just makes me crazy, so. But Chuck Pagano, you know, probably going to get fired tomorrow or sometime during this uh, during this week, I'd assume. 
because the defense was our Achilles heel uh, in this last six weeks of the regular season. But the defense showed up today, man. We were pass rushing. We were in Breeze's face. We were getting pressure, forcing turnovers and, uh, you know, forcing mistakes uh, and whatnot. We did let a couple of turnovers get away. Kamara fumbled one on a missed, uh, a mishandled um, handoff between him and him and Breeze. And I think if Akeem Hicks wasn't being held on the play, he would have recovered the fumble. But, like, one of his arms was being held by the offensive lineman. But, of course, that didn't get called. And, um, you know, we, we had an interception that was overturned uh, after replay. And, um, you know, so we, we did the best we could to maximize those opportunities. But otherwise, you know, we were getting pressure. Robert Quinn had a presence in the game today, which was nice to see. Uh, Khalil Mack was getting after it. He had a big sack at one point uh, in the ball game. It's just, uh, you know, too little, too late, I guess. Uh, but then again, like I said, it, it, the, I think the defense played great today, honestly. And, and I'm not grading on, on a scale of, you know, how they're playing now versus how they had been playing. It's just I thought they played really, really well today. And I was really happy that we got this defensive effort, but, you know, frustrated that the offense kind of pissed it away. So, you know, maybe this is a parting gift, but bear up to Chuck Pagano, man. You really put together a um, put together a game plan that um, that led the Bears to success, that, you know, led our defense to success. We played well enough to win today. But there's only so much you can do when the offense keeps giving the ball back to Breeze and company and, and, and whatnot. We just got worn down in the second half. You know, especially that last touchdown drive was almost like nine minutes long or something like that. So, yeah, it just it was. There's only so much you can do and so much you can hope for and beg for. I mean, and what made the effort that much better? No Buster screen, no Jalen Johnson, no Roquan Smith. You know, we're out there playing better than we have in weeks with Manti Teo, who we just drug off the practice squad. And by the way, what does it say about Josh Woods or Yoel E.A. Mooneyway that uh, they've been on the active roster all season long? But uh, when it comes to replacing Roquan Smith, we elevate Manti Teo and he starts the game and plays most of the snaps instead of those guys. Doesn't look good. Not good at all. But um Anyway, then to wrap up the bear ups and bear downs, Eddie Jackson. Bear down to Eddie Jackson. I, um, ooh, God. I mean, and I tweeted it out there today. It's like, has Eddie Jackson always been a shitty tackler? And we didn't notice because of all the other great plays that he was making because his tackling this year has been a atrocious absolutely atrocious and then there were two plays today where I almost broke my television watching the tackling effort from Eddie Jackson one play where Breeze hits a running back or a receiver or whatever out in the flat and Eddie Jackson comes up to make the play and he's got him dead to rights and the guy makes a move leaves Eddie in his tracks and gets a first down just ran right through him gets the first down and then later on, a pass to um, Cook, the tight end, 
you know, he uh, I think he was being covered by Teo. He shakes off Teo, so he broke one tackle. And then it was Eddie Jackson and another guy who come in, and he just ran right through Eddie Jackson. Now, I know that uh, that Cook is a gigantic uh, tight end, and uh, Eddie Jackson, you know, is about 60 pounds lighter uh, than him, but he just ran right through Eddie Jackson like he was one of those paper partitions that high school teams run through. You know, and it was just a piss-poor effort that we've gotten from him, not just today, but... I don't want to say a piss poor effort. It just, uh, you know, he just can't tackle. You know, it just it like for, to be the second highest paid safety in football, you got to be able to tackle. Or, you know, like I asked on Twitter, you got to be making those plays that's going to make us forget that you're one of the worst tacklers on the field. And you didn't make any of those plays this year. Granted, I'll concede you had a couple of those plays taken from you this year, but it's also been a really, really long time since you made a play for it to be taken from you. So, you know, we needed you to step up. You're one of our top playmakers, and we needed you to step up today, and you were nowhere. And in the opportunities that you had to make plays, you just flat out didn't. You flat out didn't. So bear down, Eddie Jackson. Hopefully, you know, 2021 will be a better year for everybody. But 2020 was a shit year for Eddie Jackson. Just garbage. Absolute garbage. No interceptions, no, no, no big impact plays, no Eddie Jackson of 2017 or 18. Was Vic Fangio that vital to his success? Was he? You know, I mean, did we? Just, it's disappointing. Disappointing. So I think that's all I got. Yeah, that's it. So nobody else on the list, so I got no reason to go any further with this. So I'm just going to close the book on it. That's Bear Up and Bear Down for the 2020 season. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'll am i do another one to do a kind of year in review, Bear Up and Bear Down. And uh, I'll let you guys know. Follow me on the or check in with me on the social media. It's uh, BTU underscore Larry on Twitter. And, of course, uh, there's the Bears Talk Underground Facebook page. If you guys want to join that, and I'll uh, keep both updated on uh, what the offseason schedule is going to be because – now that I'm back and doing it and it's uh, obvious that uh, nothing is going to stop the NFL because remember I you know I was inactive for pretty much the entire offseason heading into 2020 because I didn't I was afraid that you know the NFL was going to have to follow suit like every other major league did in either postponing or you know playing a minimum schedule or, or whatever I mean hell we watch it happen to college football um, but I mean, honestly, I got to give kudos to the NFL. Um, not one game wasn't played. All 256 regular season games were played. Some had to be rescheduled and uh, delayed, but they all got played every single one. And I don't think there's any other sports league in the country, let alone the world that can say that. And, um, you know, the, the league is going to go on as scheduled and, Whatever needs to be done to make 2021 happen, I'm confident that it will. So I will be doing shows during the offseason. I don't have a reason not to. So unless the NFL explodes during the offseason, we might have a smaller salary cap, but we'll have football no matter what come September of 2021. And hopefully we'll have some OTAs so our guys are a bit more primed and ready to go when the season starts. So 
Anyway, come on back tomorrow for the deep dive review. I Trust me, you do not want to miss these knee-jerk reactions and uh, how I'm going to feel about them when I'm listening to them and you know playing them back for you uh, tomorrow. So be sure and don't miss that. And uh, like I said, Thursday we'll be doing the year in review episode. Myself and Lauren Cox breaking down probably more specifically these last six weeks than talking much about the, the first ten. We kind of did that already. So we'll kind of skim over that first ten weeks and uh, really dig in to this last part of the regular season and the wild card game with myself and Lauren Cox on Thursday. So uh, keep your eyes open for that. And, uh, yeah, so until tomorrow when uh, we're doing the final deep dive review episode for the season. My name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. <laughs>